0: I have finally, maybe not, but some part of me has come down from this 48-hour high that the Celtics have given me and their fans. Easter Sunday afternoon was everything that we could have hoped for if you're Celtics nation and you wear green. The... Word that I use so very often to describe the place, like I did for Kevin Garnett night and the many other nights I've been there and witnessed. Magical. Joyful. To the point where... I mean, well, I'm going to go over the game, of course, but, like, that last play, man. I mean... (laughs) with The way I've seen games end there, especially live, I... I didn't think that was happening and we'd never seen a buzzer beater at T D in the postseason before. So we got everything we expected out of the Kyrie Madness. His name has been nothing short of trending on Sports Center these last two days. Um, you know, they come out to the Triple H music, they show the Bruce Brown uh comments and his quote, Nothing but Booze Raining Down, how he showed nothing but a poor performance after calling out his hometown Celtics. Um the defense is just what won them the game. Uh we saw it in the whole beginning, whistle after whistle, nothing but free throws, chippiness between both teams. This is just, you know, fouls left and right between the two, and it just seemed like they just wanted to you know, attack each other. And Really just go at it. And, and a series that, through one game, has just gone exactly how people expected and anticipated as a finals type of series. I saw before that the ratings were at an all-time high for a Game 1, close to $10 million. Uh Boston wanted the smoke, as Kendrick Perkins says. And it's knocking on the door, and they're ready for it. And here they are. Last time I talked to you guys on here was, what, Friday? I believe it was a couple of days before the game. Um, after the chippiness, Boston's offense kind of set the tone early and just their play on both ends. Through the early first half, uh, Tatum ended with, he had seven assists early through the beginning of the game, 15 points. uh Jalen Brown ended with, like, 20-something. Al Horford with a really playoff Atlanta-type performance, 20-15. and I think he only missed, like, five shots. Two and two from three. And then Marcus Smart, another guy who just continuously performs um, over and over in the postseason for this team. And then the ride just continued for Boston as yesterday evening the Defensive Player of the Year was announced and Marcus Smart did not get beat this time. As Mikael Bridges, Rudy Gobert, Giannis Antetokounmpo, they were candidates as well. I think I said on here and have said in the past how Smart was the favorite on the betting apps. So he was likely to win and then I read that Ime Udoka held Smart back for some extra film sessions, and then that bought enough time for Gary Payton to hold up the Marcus Smart tweet of him noting the respect, quoting some writer's tweet about who should win it and how much credit this Marcus Smart and Bridges earn towards this year's award. And Marcus's quote was like, you know, no guard with the initials with without the initials, GP. Uh deserves the award and the Boston Celtics really st- their social media is are still honored for smart with his face as the profile picture in the bio is reading home of the 18 time champion and, uh, or the defensive player of the year in the heart and soul of Marcus smart. Really awesome. Um, they, their social media quoted that tweet. They're like, or MS, uh, Smart said once he saw Gary Payton and the rest of the team, he knew it was happening. He had the water bottle shower. It was beautiful to see um, Brad Stevens all smiles congratulating him with Grossbeck taking pictures. e was all happy. It's like this organization is just nothing but positivity right now. And tomorrow night at 7, it's just really going to be huge. You know, the last time the Celtics had a defensive player of the year was KG in 08. And I'm sure everyone else knows what happened on that date. But, or in that year, I'm sorry. So, um, so the game's tied at 61 at half. I kind of had some dark thoughts. I'm like, alright, well, KD can erupt or this defense can just keep playing him amazingly. Seriously, the way they're switching, doubling... Grant Williams, underrated, stellar-type defense, and how tremendous he is on that end. Forced KD to some... You know, they all looked like signature shots, but they're just missing on the back rim. Um, the way they're doubling him, forcing him to take jumpers. Their defense was really amazing. And I was tweeting, this is the best defensive team I've seen in years, man. It really is. And... Um, it's just... Besides guys like Smart and Grant, the way Horford was playing and of course the Jays. It's like through Boston's first like seven guys, you're gonna find nothing but stellar defense. Like obviously you forced Derek White and Daniel Tice in that conversation, but of course besides Marcus, Rob and Al got all defense or defensive player of the year votes. Jason Tatum has been the leader for forwards and plus-minus on the defensive end since the All-Star break, I believe. And Jason Tatum... I'm sorry, Jalen Brown is also tremendous on that end. They all can just defend multiple positions. And, of course, Udokas, uh, defensive-minded, you know, coaching. He was the assistant on Brooklyn, where he coached the defense on Philly last two years. Um... It's just, what a game, man. What a game. I I was expecting, really, Durant to roar, and he never did. They held him to 9-24. The defense was amazing on him. I can't even praise it enough. And then, come the fourth, you know, Marcus, right before Marcus Horford, they kept raining on offense. Jalen Brown was helping out Tatum. Um the fourth comes and we were kind of stumped in the late nineties for a little bit, but Brooklyn takes a lead one Oh two 98. Um, and I'm, I know it's coming. I, like I said, just like I said, with the buzzer beater, and, um, just cause I've never experienced it. there, watching a game. Like I'm used to these heartbreaks that I've witnessed so many years. And so many other Celtic fans are too, of course, like, Especially what I witnessed that KG night. I thought, you know, it could have been a similar ending. Or at least, like, when I was there that night, I, I was looking for an ending like Sundays. And, alright, so, it's, that's why the defense led to stealing that game. Because, really, like, Brooklyn could have got going on offense and just stole it. And, obviously, Udoka's going to look at this game before tomorrow night and really just like any other team does in the postseason, especially when this isn't, you know, a familiar or usual seven seed. um, We understand that, just like Trey Young tonight, I mean, the Heat and Hawks are about to start, but we understand that KD is not going to shoot like that again, probably another game this series, but it's Boston's job and Udoka's job to adjust and... Really make the adjustments to just be on Kevin even stronger. And of course, they could have been better offensively that game. Like I said, they were in a quick, you know, little slump those few minutes in the fourth. Um, But Boston will come out even stronger, and that's the goal, knowing that Brooklyn will too. So, we move on. Back to that last possession. Jalen makes the layup out of the timeout first of all Marcus's defense on the Kyrie Irving three um I'll get into Kyrie in a sec, but th- there was no better d than that he Kyrie only had like six points on Marcus his every star the same challenge every star faces whenever they see him you know our new reigning defensive player of the year how good it feels to say that um he struggled with him and then he made those two threes at the end. Jalen Brown comes out the timeout, makes the layup on Bruce Brown. Here come the Nets, 40 seconds to go. Durant gives it to Irving past the half-court mark. Now Irving is defended tightly by both Marcus Smart and Al Horford, which was amazing defense, especially how Irving was really just being fueled off the heckles of the fans and how on fire he really was in the moment. And everybody knows when Kyrie gets going, he barely misses. So they locked him down, got him to the baseline, clamped him up. You're never going to see him pass out of the baseline much, and that's what he did. He gave it to Durant at the top of the key, who forced an off-balance shot, which was covered excellently, tremendously, in stellar fashion by Jason Tatum. Forces a brick by Durant, Horford carouses it the other way white. Now, here's where I'm thinking, okay, this could be a turnover or White's going to miss from three, or it could be like a smart miss or something, like he was on fire all game. Just any thought that could break my heart. And, you know, this is the only thing on my mind since this became a matchup in the first place, as I've been saying to everybody, but like, uh, just to give my thoughts... Turn them from happy and giddiness until tomorrow night to just darkness. But it's just I don't know. I mean, the ball the the play that happened with Tatum was like it's kind of like that was the type of play that was a sum up of th- how they've been the past couple months and how they became one of the best teams in the NBA with that ball movement. Um, what a play though! Like I thought. Jalen Brown was going to run for the layup. Then I thought he was going to take his signature fadeaway in the paint on Dragic and whoever else it was. Maybe it was Brown, Bruce Brown. Kicks it to Marcus. You'd expect a three from that spot. Pump fake, Claxton, and someone else goes flying. Um, then as he moves in, I'm expecting the kick to White in the other corner. Doesn't happen. Finds Tatum on the cut, who knew he had the time to spin and lay it up and in. And obviously, the first thing you're thinking is, does it count? Do the Nets have time for another shot? And man, Causeway Street was spectacular. And it is still a holiday heading into tomorrow night at 7. Wow. (laughs) It's amazing. Um, Especially with how, you know, 2021 was to the Celtics, how this first half was. Like Mike Breen was saying, you've never seen a turnaround like this in history. And uh, you guys have been hearing me say that a bunch of times. Um, you know, I, I thought that was hilarious. My one of Probably one of the Kyrie thing has to be one of my favorite things of the game. The Tatum fadeaway over Durant. Uh, that looked very Durant and Kobe-esque, I loved. But Kyrie Irving. I mean, everyone just hears me go over this over and over. Um, I was saying it last spring when he stepped on the logo and, you know, it, it's moments like this. It, it's just, I appreciate that he, you know, is up at the podium and he's like, you know, f- fair game, we're going to have a fair competition. I'm going to go back at the fans and seeing if, if they're really about that. Uh, and he, he noted how it's not all Boston fans. It's just a big portion And at this point, everybody knows how whenever Kyrie's up there post-game, he's doing whatever he can to give himself the moral high ground and make it seem like people are, you know, and how he's above everybody else. He'll always do something to make it seem like that. But uh, he's going back and forth with Nick Ferdell. Nick Ferdell of ESPN called it hostility. He's covered the Nets and Warriors a lot this year. Um Kyrie didn't like that. He was like, it's no hostility, bro. Like, it's basketball. If you care, like, go ask the fans the question. And then he was like, how about this energy? When, like, he was trying to ask him, like, how this, what comes out of him under these circumstances. And then he's like, how about this energy you feel? And he was like, oh, bro, I embrace it. It's the dark side. And, you know, last time the Nets were in Brooklyn in March, he called them the scorned girlfriend. Um, he just he understand he spoke about how, spoke about how he understands that's going to happen for the rest of his career which is what I'm what's my thing right like cool you want to fire back this is a finals like series this is going to be an all time great like series maybe one of the most memorable ever but like I, I love the fair game but it's like and it's all for entertainment, especially in this environment. But it's like, Nick Wright said it best, and he gave an example on What's Right of his show, What's Right, of when he was eight years old, how he was like messing with the dog and he bit on both his cheeks. Kyrie acts like nothing's there. Like, do you not expect fans to act this way towards you? Like, And I say this so much. So much. I've said it since day one. Because I thought, I wasn't one of those fans that were like, oh, you shot your way out of it. You could go. And you gave up and we saw like how you really feel you could go. I was hopeful he would stay. But it's like, dude, from October on, if you guys will have me back, I'll stay here. Uh, you know, the commercial with his dad that's like, I want to be the reason no one else wears 11 here. I want to Build chemistry with this group um, for the coming future. Who wouldn't want to be here? Yada yada, like it goes on and on, etc., etc., etc. There's nothing like TD Garden, nothing like Boston, all of it. And you could tell by his body language and the way he was, he was leaving. So, I mean, like I said, I was hopeful, but like, it's like it. And I'm just looking at Kevin Durant, like, talk about it after their practice at Harvard today to the media. And he's like, oh, like, it's all in loved roots. I like, he's right. You go through life altering, you know, situations where you go to the games and see the person perform, the merchandise, everything you put into them, and you feel like they're a part of you. And that he brings up, like, oh, when they get traded, they feel like part of them is got Like, dude, he didn't get traded, Kevin. He didn't. I, I love you, KD, but he didn't. And you guys made this plan, and after Kyrie promised arguably the most passionate sports city of all time, who always feels connected and, like, every team is of one, like, obviously they're going to make a big deal out of this. And like, especially if you're going to give him the fingers back, if you're going to do the fake crying, which I thought was hilarious, like you can't expect something to not happen. And I got into a little exchange with a nice young woman, Brooklyn Nets journalist, I forget her name, uh, a couple hours ago. we She was tweeting the video of them saying F Kyrie and Kyrie sucks at Fenway Park. And she was like, oh, like I, I thought Philly, people were like, I thought Philly was bad back quick little pause in between cause my dad was calling uh interfered but so yeah I get it like she was like oh you asked you act and fans act a certain way towards one person like this it's a little weird but like Dude, the two most popular teams in the city of Boston, like, they're gonna chant towards him, especially when they're meeting in the playoffs and they're in the city. So, like, it's not that outlandish. And then she's going back and forth comparing, like, the Harden situation with me. I get it, it's been three years, but, like, this is expected. And, like, Kyrie can't feel like, you know, um, this is outlandish. Like, yeah, calling them a scored girlfriend... That may apply to some, but, like, a lot of people wanted him gone, like I said. And, like, uh, this was expected completely. Maybe not at Fenway Park to the full effect and, like, his shirt being held up and stuff like that. But, like, obviously the exchange is Sunday and it's going to be even crazier tomorrow. And he's going to be ready for it. So, it's really just incredible. And... I just I I told her I understand what you're saying. Like I see his side of it. Like things go on in his personal life, but like he can't not expect this. And it's not the same as James Harden. So anyways, it's just this is going to be tremendous. Game by game they get a lot of off days. Like I said, they get 3 after tomorrow. So Saturday night would be game 3 in Brooklyn. That's why Rob Williams has a chance of coming back. I see Ben Simmons is going through the four-on-four contact work, so he's he's attempting to make a closer and closer return for the first time this season, and obviously his debut for the Brooklyn Nets. Talked about that in the past, obviously. You know, that can work both ways. It could disrupt chemistry, or it could give them a boost for someone to put pressure on Jason Tatum. But this is really going to be incredible, and I'm more than excited tomorrow for tomorrow night i probably will barely sleep tonight um really it's just a special time really is um we got games tonight like i said the heat were just starting uh the mavericks and jazz and then you have the pelicans and suns i'll go over like a few of the series that i pre- predicted or I'll just go over my predictions now that I'm done with the Celtics to end this and s- correct myself on how they've been going. So I'll still I'll still give the Pelicans a game. I was just saying this to Rich on the Sports Bible before. Like Alvarado, the foundation they're building with David Griffin, Willie Green, Alvarado, uh, Herb Jones. They could maybe work through the Zion thing even though there's a disagreement there. It's just... Who would have thought McCollum is the perfect leader? They knew it going in. Everyone was like, why? And disliked it, but they knew it. So I'll give them a game. Uh, Luca, after his buddy Jalen Brunson, the 41-point performance last night, and Maxie Cleaver's stellar performance, and Spencer Dinwiddie's great play, that which he's provided since February, coming over to Dallas. Um... You know, I was saying it to Rich before. The Jazz are really um, thin ice here. Um, if they, if they say they go home in five or six games, like I saw Zach Lowe said it on NBA TV or today before to Richard Jefferson, he was like, you know, they might as well take a separate jet home, and like, they might as well make the trades on the plane on the plane. So, as of right now, I'll go with. Da- I'll. Give Utah two games just because of knowing, yeah, they're sloppy. Everyone's ready for them to break up potentially. But the coach, Dwayne Wade is the owner. Danny Ainge, Donovan Mitchell, the defense go Bear, which I've just been realizing is incredibly underrated. Um, you know, we'll give them credit. We'll give them two games. So I'll go Dallas in six. I'm back on the Warriors train. I think... I'm ready for a potential Suns Warriors Conference Finals. I was talking all the smack about them, saying like it's hard to talk down on them when it comes to chemistry and really gelling in time when it's limited with all the championship pedigree on them that they have. It's tough to doubt them, and I was. They still had to prove it a little bit, but you know now the big three is together. They have really just. Put the Nuggets against the wall these first two games. Jokic is frustrated. The fight between Boogie and Will Barton. Mike Malone's trying to get them composed going back home. Because if they if your leaders like this frustrated and you have this attitude and you're getting clamped by Draymond Green, like you could be swept by this team. So, as of right now, I will give Denver five until I they prove to me that they figure it out. So, I'll give. Yeah, I would say the Warriors win in five games. It's just, now that they have the big three back, clay has been better, Steph's been tremendous in his first two off the bench. Um, Jordan Poole, man, I can't give him enough credit, but we'll give the Nuggets just a game for now. So, Warriors from six to five. Wolves-Grizzlies is going to be a thriller tonight. Wait, correct myself on the games for a second. I'm sorry. I, that's right. I said um, I said Mavs and Jazz before our playing tonight, but it's not. It's the Wolves-Grizzlies. I stand corrected. And that is going to be one of the most entertaining series that finish, I would suspect. I predicted Grizzlies in seven, and I still am. Uh, back to what I was saying about Dallas. Yeah, I think tomorrow's three is Philly, the Celtics... And then them. But, yeah, so I'll still say Memphis and Seven. Uh, both have the same amount of veteran leadership. Towns has been awesome. Uh, if Memphis could really be in trouble if they don't do anything, if they don't answer right away, whether it's tonight or the next game. But, like, all the smack you guys are talking all year that they're confident, even without Jaw, that they're young and contenders, stuff like that. I, uh,. Like, now's your guys' time. You can't lose to the Timberwolves. And I know they ended the year well, but it's just you guys are obviously the favorite. But, you know, I'll go seven games in that one with the Grizzlies taking it. Atlanta and Miami, the first game was very ugly for Trey Young in Atlanta. But I'll give them some credit. Not really. As of right now. I'll give them a game or two, but Miami's defense and like when they're really clicking from a coaching standpoint, and when the chemistry's there, and when Jimmy Butler is at his best, are very tough to beat. And you know, of course, Adebayo is completely at his best, as he could have been another defensive player of the year candidate as well with his ability to defend the one through five. But so I'll go the Heat in five. The biggest series I was rock about Philly and Toronto. I thought it had the other biggest chance of being an upset besides. Brooklyn-Boston, uh, I'm going to go Philly in five for now. I'll give one to the Raptors. I thought the five-ball thing would be a big deal. Um, of course, going to Toronto with that environment and knowing they beat Philly three times out of four this year, I thought Siakam was one of the hottest players with them being one of the hottest teams, one of 14 in the last 20. Obviously, Nick Nurse, the way he plays against the Rapt- or the Sixers, I thought there was a... Regardless, I thought a great series. But I thought there was a real chance Toronto could maybe steal it too. If Harden was at his worst. Shame on me for disrespecting Maxi and his tremendous upclimb this season. And of course, Tobias Harris with some offensive protect, protection. That you don't really see much in the postseason. But I, I said it on the pod last time. I was like, maybe we will give you a couple good early games. So I'll give Philly in five for now. Uh... Chicago deserves some credit after Sunday. I'd say they played the game after the celtics i uh you know they were there offensively. I'd still give the bucks the edge, of course, maybe you give them an extra game, the Bulls, and say you know bucks and six, but I'll still go bucks and five and Brooklyn, Boston, Celtics, and seven. I mean you guys know exactly how it is. <laughs> it's just hopefully we stay. Like I said, e has got to come out even stronger, and we got to be ready. But, like I said, guys, I'm loving this time of year. I'm loving doing this. I appreciate you guys listening a lot. I'm putting out a lot more nowadays. just got done talking to Rich, like I said. But, yeah, I'll talk to you guys soon. Enjoy the games tonight and tomorrow.